welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy that you guys are here today, whatever day it might be for you. I hope you're having a great morning or afternoon, just feeling good. I'm really excited about this episode because it's one that I have just been thinking about a lot lately and wanted to share my heart behind. And honestly, it's a very vulnerable episode. I'm talking a lot about things that I struggle with in my own life. It's going to be all about kind of false idols that we put in our life, how I have tried to kind of break down false idols, but also sharing things that I often idolize in my own life that I probably shouldn't. And how I'm kind of learning to just get past those things and why I think that it hurts us when we idolize the wrong things or even if they're good things that we just idolize too much and we make them into bad things. And then also I'm going to finish off with just ways I've learned to not idolize things and how I'm kind of working on these problems myself. It's again, like I said, just a very vulnerable episode, but it's one that I think is really important. And honestly, I just wanted to be honest in this episode. I think a lot of times I like listen and watch people online and it's all about the things that they do right. And it's all about the things that they get right and kind of trying to be inspirational in terms of like you watch this video because you want to be like this person and you ascribe to certain things that they talk about. But I think that it's really important, especially as someone who does have a platform to be like, hi, I'm not perfect. And these are things I struggle with. That is what this episode is going to be about. I do want to say this is a very faith-based episode. I believe in false idols in terms of things that I'm making a priority in my life above God. That's my definition of an idol. I do think even if you aren't a Christian, you can idolize things to a point where they hurt you but I think it all goes back to not having the right thing as as the center which is God and so if you disagree with that if that's not something that you agree with you don't have to listen to this episode I share a lot of other episodes I always recommend you to I still think you can get something out of it even if you don't have the same faith as me but I do just want to say I know a lot of people don't like listening to episodes that are super faith-based and this is literally an entire episode on like my faith and also habits. So if that's something that you're not interested in, just watch out for the next one. I also want to say, I do want to have some more guests on the podcast. I've been doing a lot of solo episodes. I'm going to do my next episode on my life advice segment that I do. So if you guys want to be included in that episode, you can just submit a life advice question that you have to butwhatsnextpod at gmail.com. That's just B-U-T-W-H-A-T-S next N-E-X-T pod pod at gmail.com that's where I take my life advice submissions but I'll also give you guys a reminder on Instagram but that's going to be my next episode and then I'd love to do some more interview based episodes it's really hard though because sometimes I feel like when I interview people there's a disconnect because it just feels more impersonal but a lot of times when it's a guest that you guys are actually interested in it does perform better and I feel like people enjoy it more. So if you have any guests that you want to have on, feel free to just DM me on Instagram or I don't know where else. Yeah, I guess that's the only real way you can contact me. And then also just let me know because I am looking for some more guests for this episode. I'm just very picky with who I have on because I know that for the most part, people do enjoy the solo episodes more. And so when I have a guest on, I just want to make sure it's a really good fit. So Just keep that in mind if you have like a certain guest that you want to listen to. But obviously, I value y'all's opinions. I'm picky because I want it to be a guest that you guys really want to listen to. So feel free to do that if you are interested. But I guess for this life update, I've honestly had a very chill week. I don't have a lot to report. And sometimes I kind of feel guilty about this because I've just been living my life. I don't have anything 
crazy exciting going on. It's also been really gloomy. And whenever the weather is just gloomy and overcast, my mood just completely drops. Or not even drops, but I just don't feel as inspired. Whereas this week, I checked the weather. I'm actually recording this on the weekend, so I can actually say this, but next week, it looks like it's going to be more sunny, so I definitely am going to be feeling a lot more inspired then. But yeah, it's been a really chill week. I guess I have a few things that I've been liking that I wanted to share. One, in terms of music, for me as a Christian, I'm just going to be honest, I really struggle with Christian music. Sometimes I feel like it is just kind of cheesy or it's just not that great quality Or sometimes I feel like from a doctrine level, I don't know how sound it is and it just makes me really weary of Christian music and I don't know if this person's music that I'm about to share is like totally doctrinally sound so don't kill me but I recently found John Mark Pantana's music and his music is so good. It's the most chill Christian music I've ever found. Just really great vibes really calming. I've been listening to it a lot while I'm working lately and I love it. So I'll have his Spotify in the show notes. I'm just always looking for new music and I've been like sometimes lately I've been kind of bad about not finding new music and so I saw my friend Tori Masters you guys might know on Instagram. She shared like a clip of the ocean or something and it had his music in the background. I was like oh my gosh this guy's music is so good. So I went and found it. Really loved it. Another thing I took my day off social media And it made me think and just wanted to share again with you guys how good it is to just take a day off each week. I'm going to talk about idolizing social media and having a platform and that kind of stuff, but I will also be talking about how important it has been about taking that day off social media. I've been doing this for, I would say, a month or a couple months now, and it's been so good. I've had no regrets. I thought I was going to feel bad about not posting, but like honestly... I don't think that the stuff I'm sharing on my Instagram is that riveting as is. When I say take a day off social media, I'm talking about Instagram. That's what I do. I just go off. I don't scroll. I don't post. I don't respond to DMs. And it's been so good just to have a day to be able to focus on whatever it may be. I've been trying to do it on either Saturday or Sunday. And I think it's been really good for me to do that. So I just wanted to put that out there if you've never thought to do like a social media detox day. I think it's really, really healthy. And the last thing that I wanted to say, so I have a P.O. box, if you guys don't know. I've been kind of bad about keeping up with it in terms of when someone writes me a letter, I really like to get back to people. I really value that. I think if someone took the time to handwrite me a long letter, the least thing I can do is message them and tell them thank you. But I honestly have had quite a few letters and I have been trying to keep up with responding to everyone and I've been bad so I don't know how much I'm going to keep it up doing the P.O. box but it makes me really happy because I have gotten so many just really kind letters over the past month and I save them in a box and quite honestly I read them when I forget what my purpose is online when I forget the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing and it's just been such a good reminder for me to have and I'm just so thankful. I don't know if anyone listening to this podcast has been someone who sent me a letter. Actually, I know that a few people are because I have read letters where people say they love the podcast, but I just wanted to say thank you on here. If you're listening, it really does mean the world to me. I'll have it in the show notes if you guys are interested, but, and like there's a common thread and this has been something I've been trying to push in my videos a lot lately. I think there's so much noise online and there's so much encouragement to just always be doing something to be advancing in your career, advancing in your status, all this stuff. 
And I've been trying to really encourage people lately to be content with simplicity because that's a message that I've been focusing on for my own life lately and not get caught up in this kind of rat race. And I think a lot of times when people talk about this, it's in terms of career, but it can literally be anything. Just having to be constantly occupied. And over the past year, I've been really trying to slow down and live more simply. And I always say, I know not everyone can do this. Not everyone's in the place to but it has been just so good for me and that's a message that a lot of people have written in this letters where they're like, you make me want to compare myself less, to be content with my life, to not always be pursuing the new thing and that makes me really happy because that's what I've been trying to share so I just wanted to say thank you. So I want to note that this episode is going to have a lot of resources because I just have so many good resources for this topic. So the first one is from the Gospel Coalition, and I wanted to share what I mean when I say false idols and having idols in your life. I think especially if you didn't grow up in the church, it can be hard to put into modern day terms. So I wanted to share what I personally believe when I say false idols. This article says, I'll have all of these resources in the show notes too, but it says, worship of false gods and false worship of the true God are both false worship. The Bible's clearest example of just how similar those two forms of false worship are is also the Bible's most famous example of idolatry in the Bible, the golden calf. At first, Exodus 32 sounds like an instance of the first kind of idolatry, worship of a false god. The Israelites certainly sound like they're asking for a new god to lead them. Exodus 32 says, Make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Whatever their motivations were, Aaron attempted to redefine the act into worship of Yahweh, and he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. Exodus 32, 4-5 Is this about worshiping false gods or the true God falsely? It sounds an awful lot like both. The people want something new. Aaron invokes the divine name, the Lord Yahweh, in order to consecrate in order to consecrate the feast devoted to celebrating and sacrificing to this shiny statue. What was the Lord's verdict? Despite the best, though dubious intentions of Aaron, the people abandoned faithfulness to God. Despite Aaron calling it holy, their new worship was nothing but an abomination. Despite it being labeled worship of Yahweh, God himself dubbed it worship of something else. Exodus 32 is a sobering passage. It makes it clear that a worshiper's intentions are irrelevant when their worship isn't obedient to the clear instruction of God's word. Creativity is a wonderful gift, but we can't use it to come up with novel ways to approach the Holy Lord. We may only come through Christ. We may only know God through his revelation to us, not our inventions or improvements. All the various forms of modern idolatry have one thing at their core, self. We no longer bow to idols and images. Instead, we worship at the altar of the God of self. This brand of modern idolatry takes various forms. First, we worship at the altar of materialism, which feeds our need to build our egos through the acquisition of more stuff. Our homes are filled with all manners of possessions. We build bigger and bigger houses with more closets and storage space in order to house all the things we buy, much of which we haven't even paid for yet. Second, we worship at the altar of our own pride and ego. 
This often takes the form of obsession with careers and jobs. Millions of people spend 60 to 80 hours a week working. Even on the weekends and during vacations, our laptops are humming and our minds are whirling with thoughts of how to make our businesses more successful, how to get that promotion, how to get the next raise, how to close the next deal. As King Solomon put it, for a man may do his work with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and then he must leave all he owns to someone who has not worked for it. This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. What does a man get for all the toil and anxious striving in which he labors under the sun? Even at night, his mind does not rest. This too is meaningless. That's Ecclesiastes 2, 21-23. Third, we idolize mankind through naturalism and the power of science. We cling to the illusion that we are lords of our world and build our self-esteem to godlike proportion. Finally, and most destructively, we worship at the altar of self aggrandizement or the fulfillment of the self to the exclusion of all others and their needs and their desires. This manifests itself in self-indulgence through alcohol, drugs, and food. All idolatry of self has at its core the three lusts found in 1 John 2.16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father but is of this world. If we are to escape modern idolatry, we have to admit that it is rampant and rejected in all of its forms. I really like, there's a book by Tim Keller, and it's called Counterfeit Gods, The Empty Promises of Money, Sex, and Power, and The Only Hope That Matters. I think this is a really great book. I really like Tim Keller's book, but especially this one, and he has a quote in it that I've written down because I always go back to it, but it says, When anything in life is an absolute requirement for your happiness and self-worth, it is essentially an idol, something you are actually worshiping. When such a thing is threatened, your anger is absolute. Your anger is actually the way the idol keeps you in its service, in its chains. Therefore, if you find that, despite all the efforts to forgive, your anger and bitterness cannot subside, you may need to look deeper and ask, what am I defending? What is so important that I cannot live without it? It may be that until some inordinate desire is identified and confronted, you will not be able to master your anger. And the last thing I'm going to read from, actually, there's like two more things, but this is actually from a secular point of view. I don't believe, actually, I don't know if David Foster Wallace is religious at all, but this is a quote that I've also always remembered, but I realize it's from a commencement address that he did in 2005, and I found the entire thing, and it is just really good, so I'm going to read some of it, but it says... A huge percentage of the stuff that I tend to be automatically certain of is, it turns out, totally wrong and diluted. Here's one example of the utter wrongness of something I tend to be automatically sure of. Everything in my own immediate experience supports my deep belief that I am the absolute center of the universe, the realest, most vivid, and important person in existence. We rarely talk about this sort of natural, basic self-centeredness because it's so socially repulsive, but it's pretty much the same for all of us, deep down. It is our default setting, our hardwired into our boards at birth. Think about it. There is no experience you've had that we're not at the absolute center of. The world as you experience it is right there in front of you or behind you, to the left or right of you, on your TV or your monitor or whatever. Other people's thoughts and feelings have to be communicated to you somehow, but your own are so immediate, urgent, real, you get the idea. And there's something else that's true. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there's actually no such thing as atheism. There's no such thing as not worshipping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. An outstanding reason for choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are what you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Never feel you have enough. It's the truth. 
Worship your own body and beauty and sexual allure and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. On one level, we all know that this stuff already is true. It's been codified as myths, proverbs, cliches, epigrams, parables, the skeleton of every great story. The trick is keeping the truth up front in daily consciousness. Worship power, you will feel weak and afraid, and you will need ever more power over others to keep the fear at bay. Worship your intellect, being seen as smart, and you will end up falling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out, and so on. Look, the insidious thing about these forms of worship is not that they're evil or sinful, it's that they are unconscious. They are default settings. They're the kind of worship you just gradually slip into, day after day, getting more and more selective about what you see and how you measure your value without ever being fully aware that that's what you're doing. And the world will not discourage you from operating on your default settings because the world of men and money and power hums along quite nicely on the fuel of fear and contempt and frustration and craving and the worship of self. That part, I'm sorry, it just like really hits me every time. He goes on to say, our own present culture has harnessed these forces in a way that has yielded extraordinary wealth and comfort and personal freedom. The freedom to be lords of our own tiny school-sized kingdoms alone at the center of all creation. This kind of freedom has much to recommend it, but of course there are all different kinds of freedom. And the kind that is most precious you will not hear much talked about in the great outside world of winning and achieving and displaying. The real important kind of freedom involves attention and awareness and discipline and effort and being able to truly care about other people and to sacrifice for them in petty little unsexy ways every day. That is real freedom. The alternative is unconsciousness, the default setting, the rat race, the constant gnawing sense of having had and lost some infinite thing. And I know that was a lot of reading, but especially that commencement address just really hit home for me because it's funny how the world actually incentivizes us to have these idols because they really do take over and I like how he says that these things in of themselves aren't necessarily sinful and I actually agree with that. I'm about to talk about a lot of the things that I personally struggle with in my own life, things that I idolize, but I don't think that these things are inherently bad. It's just when you're liking them or loving them in a way that turns them into bad things. I talk about Augustine a lot in this podcast, but he talks about the principle of disordered loves. It's something I learned in my college, one of my classes, and I think it's so true. This is from another article, but it says, we most often think of sin in terms of behavior, bad deeds, actions, but Augustine helps us from another angle. There's an order to love. He said we should love God, love others, and then love ourselves. The problem comes when you love something you should love, but you should not love supremely. That's when a good thing becomes a God thing. It's about finding your superior satisfaction in God alone and nothing else. And so honestly, before I go into my things, I would just encourage you to look at your own life and think of what you worship, why you worship that, and just be honest with yourself if you're worshiping something that you probably shouldn't be because there are things that I actively struggle with a lot and I think it does take stepping back and being honest and kind of evaluating your life and seeing what you idolize. So these are all things that I struggle with, but they're not really in any particular order. The first one is definitely just my identity and my reputation. I think this is something that I deal with a lot because of the nature of my job. I think when you are on social media as your career, your success is truly measured by the amount of followers that you have, the amount of views that you have, the amount of likes that you have. 
And I've been doing this since I was in high school. And I think that's a time when you really are still developing and you're trying to find your identity. And when you're finding that online in terms of your career, of your growth, it can get really messed up when you find your value and being liked by other people. And something that I've dealt with, I think online, the nature of it is kind of like you grow at times, you don't grow at times, you're stagnant at times, or even you have negative growth, which is something that's really normal. I think if you think of how you use social media, you probably unfollow a lot of people. Like I unfollow people pretty often, not because it's anything personal, just because I don't really vibe with their content anymore, or I'm just trying to simplify the way that I use my phone to all unfollow people. And so I have times when I'm in negative growth. It's very normal. And there was a time when that would really hurt me. Like I felt like, why don't people like me? Why am I not everything for everyone? And I would just take things so personally. And I really had to separate my worth from the amount of followers that I have online. And it's funny because I don't really idolize friendships. I don't find all my worth by being liked by people. I've never been someone who wanted to be popular in high school or anything. I've never been popular. I've always been the person who had like a few close friends, but not a lot. And I think that's just because I'm a pretty closed off person for the most part. I'm not super vulnerable with people very easily, but I don't really find my worth through my friendships. But when it is your job, I think I'm someone who struggles with finding my identity and my career. I do find a lot of my success and how much my channel's growing, my Instagram's growing and with this job, there's so much focus on like building your brand and your platform and your message. And it's so you focused. And while I try to share about my faith, because that at the end of the day is the thing that's most important for me, I would much rather my platform be about God than myself. There is a balance where I'm trying to kind of be a vessel here and it can get really dicey when you start to see you as the one who is you know, worth all of the praise. And that can be really harmful. And I think especially as like a young woman, there's so much focus on your reputation and wanting to be liked by other people. And that can just be such a bad thing to get caught up with. But this is one of my biggest ones personally. And while I like know my identity in Christ and I try to find my confidence there, I do actively struggle with this and struggle with focusing on this above my relationship with God. The next one is just money. I think if I didn't say that I struggle with finding my identity and how much money I have, the way that I'm spending my money, if I'm building wealth. And I think it's funny because I don't necessarily see myself as someone who struggles with wanting to have a lot of possessions. It's more so just saving money and having money for the sake where I think that I should be a good steward with my money, but just kind of idolizing having it in a certain way. I've done a whole episode on my relationship with money and kind of how I grew up. And I think I grew up in a very healthy home that talked about money where money wasn't really like a taboo thing. I didn't grow up extremely wealthy by any means. I think that wealth is different for everyone. I definitely think I grew up much better than other people did. So I don't want to like say that and just like neglect the fact that yes, I did grow up better than some people, but I started making money at a pretty young age. I was in high school and I started making money off my YouTube channel and my parents just grew up really teaching us how to steward money well. And so I had saved like a decent amount of money since I was in high school. I think it's easy when you do make money to feel kind of like a burden where you want to use it in the best way possible. 
and kind of the urge to be kind of stingy with it almost. And I don't think that having money is a bad thing. That's also another thing I talk about. Um, I think that 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 10 says, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a stare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But also 1 Timothy 6, 17 says, as for the rich in this present age, Charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And so it's really the love of money that's the root of all evil, not money itself. But yeah, I think that I compare myself to other people who are at my age. I want to be doing well for my age. I... We're in this phase of wanting to buy a house, so we're trying to save for a down payment, and I will, like, look at other people my age and see what they're buying and be like, wow, they must have been a lot better with their money, and it's just bad to go about your life thinking like that and kind of idolizing money in that way. I found this quote from Bible Helps, Inc., but it says, idolatry is not necessarily having things but preoccupation with things. And I think that's good because I think a lot of times people who aren't necessarily well off with money and whatever that may be can still struggle with idolatry in terms of money because they're thinking about it all the time, if that makes sense. Another big area that I used to idolize, I don't anymore, and that is romantic relationships. I was never the girl who really sat around like wanting a boyfriend. I wasn't thinking about it all the time. I was definitely like a late bloomer in high school. I had my first boyfriend and my first kiss when I was, I think, 16. So I've heard people who were in like middle school. So I just feel like I was more of a late bloomer, but I never was like sitting around wanting a boyfriend. But I think once I started dating, it was very easy for me to think that my boyfriend was like the center of the world and thinking that my relationship was so important and there was a way to go about it. I think a lot of the things I idolize when I think about it, it's all about doing things the right way and thinking that there's a certain way to do them and idolizing doing them right. I'm actually about to talk about that too, but when I talk about this, it's very much the same thing where I feel like there's a way to date, there's a way to do things and I have to do them that way. And I think This is particularly a problem in like the Christian realm. There is so much focus on dating and getting married when I don't think, yes, it is a really great thing and I think it's a gift from God, but I think that there are a lot of people who are single who have just as much purpose and it's just not really talked about. I found this relevant magazine article and it kind of talks about this, but there's a quote in it where he says, when Christians start chasing marriage as the relational ultimate or the answer to their problems, that in its own way corrupts the symbol Jesus intended us to find in husband and wife in the first place. Marriage, we've heard over and over, is designed, not intended, designed, and there's a difference, to point to God. So when we build it up for ourselves and chase it, it becomes a means to our own end. Instead of a means to God's glory, in other words, the idolization of marriage makes us no different than marriages we call out in secular culture. I just see this all over online, and it's like, especially in Christian relationships, there's just they're just put on a pedestal, and people are really made out to be like, I want that kind of relationship, which I think is a good thing if people see qualities you have and want that, but then it comes into all the relationship goals stuff, and this is a big reason why I do keep my relationship pretty private online. It's a big reason why I don't vlog with Aiden on like my YouTube channel. I talk about our relationship a lot more on the podcast because it's more in like a teaching and learning way, which is a lot of my podcasts, but I don't want 
it to be this thing where people only see the really good parts and they look up to it in that way because I just don't think that that's entirely healthy. It's just not something that I want to participate in. I do occasionally show things, but it's not like a main focus on my channel. The next one is kind of what I talked about, but just certain duties and tasks and doing the right thing. I feel a strong sense of commitment in my life to a lot of different things. My husband, keeping my house together, being on time, keeping to a schedule, working out five times a week. I don't mean this in a way where I'm like bragging, but I'm a very duty-oriented person and it can definitely be a fault. Just idolizing doing things a certain way and then expecting other people to do them the same way, that can be really harmful and it's something that I struggle with in my life and it's okay to let loose and do things differently and not keep to a structure for the sake of keeping to a structure and letting that be your God. It's not a good thing. My last one is just career. I think I used to be a lot more focused on career when I was working two jobs. I, when I graduated college, just felt like I had to do the right thing by getting a normal job and I couldn't be self-employed because that was irresponsible And I just went into a job because I felt like I had to. And it's funny because I think I've been blessed a lot more by doing things the way that I'm doing them now versus then. I was so tired. I was overworked. I think that period of my life is the reason why my hair is falling out right now that I've talked about. I just started developing really unhealthy habits of overworking and always having to be doing something. And I don't think that work is bad. I don't think if you love your career and you spend a lot of time there, that's necessarily meaning that you are idolizing your career, but you know it when it is the only thing that matters in your life and you're only working for that. And your best friends are all your coworkers, which again, is a good thing. But if you don't have any community outside of that, it can be really unhealthy. And I think that you just kind of have to assess that for yourself. And so some other things that might be idols in your life, these are things I don't personally struggle with, but I mean, sometimes I probably do, but it's not like a primary thing in my life that could be idolizing your family. And I know that can be controversial, but when you are devoting all your time to your family and nothing else and God is not present at all, that can be bad. Your friendships, comfort and having a good time and having all the pleasure in life, traveling, social media, fitness, health, power. And I think even if you're a Christian, like your theology being an idol in your life and having to subscribe to things a certain way all the time, I think alcohol and sex, all those things can be idols in your life as well. And if any of those stuck out to you and you think that that might be something in your life, I would just encourage you to recognize that. I just sat here and recognized mine and it's not a fun process, but I think it's a really good process for kind of reorienting your life and finding balance again. just have to sit in it. No, I'm just kidding. I think there are ways that you can actually break down your idols. And when I say break down, I literally mean break down because I think the Bible is very clear about how we deal with idols in our life. This is a C.S. Lewis quote that I love. It's from Mere Christianity, but it says, what Satan puts into the heads of our remote ancestors was the idea that they could be their own masters, invent some sort of happiness for themselves outside of God, apart from God. And out of that hopeless attempt has come nearly all that we call human history. Money, poverty, ambition, war, prostitution, classes, empires, slavery, the long terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. The reason why it can never succeed is this. God made us, invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on patrol and it would not run properly on anything else. 
Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. And I think it becomes a problem when you fuel yourself on other things that are just worldly things. I think the first step is just being honest with yourself about what you idolize. When I was doing this episode, I was sitting down and thinking about things in my own life and it takes being self-aware to recognize what you might idolize And I think that comes with having healthy accountability partners in your life that can be open with you. It's really easy to, and this is something I am definitely convicted of doing, is only surrounding yourself with people who tell you what you want to hear, who only tell you happy things, who only tell you positive things. Like, that's not good for us. It's good to be around people who can, and I mean like in your own personal life, people you know, that you trust, who are wise. I have my friend Isabel who I met in college. She's one of my closest friends, but she's the person who I feel like I can genuinely talk about stuff like this to and I feel safety within our relationship. I trust her. She's living a life that I look up to. She's just a really great person and sometimes I feel like a lot better person than I am, but I just really trust her and I look up to her and she's the person that I go to when I have these things to talk about. I also think to be more self-aware, it takes journaling and being quiet. It's easy to get busy and just think about, you know, what you have to do that day, what you have to get done. And I can't tell you how much happier I am when I'm prioritizing journaling and spending time with both myself and God. I think the self part of that is actually really important because that is how you become more self-aware. You can also track what you spend your time on. I think this is a big thing. I think a lot of times you'll figure out what you idolize by what you're spending your time on, especially if maybe it's like a fitness thing or a health thing. You're spending a lot of time there versus other areas of your life. Again, not that that's a bad thing that you're spending time on your health and fitness. I share a lot about that on my channel. But if that's your entire priority and everything is oriented around that, that can maybe be something that you should look at and just see if there's one area of your life that you're spending a little bit too much time on. I think similarly, you can do this with your money. This is something we did recently. And oh my gosh, guys, I realized the past month, it's been a little bit too much of a shopping month for me. We were doing our budget and it's crazy when you actually add things up, you're like, oh wow, I spent a lot of money on Amazon. That's like my thing lately. I don't know why I've been bad about Amazon, but honestly, if you're not tracking something, it's not going to get measured. And that means that it's not going to be optimized. So track what you're spending your money on. And you might see that you're idolizing things like things on Amazon and really fast shipping, which is maybe not the best thing. And then honestly, just reestablishing God as a priority in your life. I opened up recently about feeling very distant in my faith in a video. And when I kind of stepped back and thought about that, I was like, oh, it's probably because my priorities are misplaced. I'm spending too much time in the wrong areas and not spending enough time in the right areas. And I think it takes praying out and actually seeking God and taking time to do it. And the thing with me is sometimes I look at that as, again, going back to the idolatry of doing the right things. I'm like, oh my gosh, my quiet time, doing it every morning. It's something that I'm doing. It's a thing I'm checking off my list. But am I actually being present in it? Am I actually listening to God? Am I actually seeking him out? Am I actually seeing if he has anything to say to me? You know, that's important too. And not just doing things for the sake of doing them, but actually pursuing them to hear from God. And I think this last one is one that people might disagree with me on because I know it's very like aggressive, but it's about limiting the temptation. When I look at the story of Moses and looking at the idolatry 
Moses literally smashed the golden calf and he burned it and he turned it into a fine powder and then he made them drink the water. Like he was very aggressive about tearing down that idol and it was made from personal things. It was nice stuff. It was gold from rings. It was gold from earrings and Moses literally tore it down. And I think when you're reading that, I used to like read that as a kid and I didn't think much of it, but God actually instructed them to destroy and burn the idols like he was aggressive about it he didn't want them to be tempted by things that were bad and I think the bible talks about God being a jealous God and God wants to be the one focus and I am very adamant about tearing down idols in your life in an aggressive way I think that this is the way that God treats them I remember one time I did a story and I was talking about how Sometimes people are really tempted with credit cards, and I think that they should just not have a credit card if it's going to tempt them. And I'm saying this from personal experience. I know people have dealt with a lot of credit card debt. I'm not like anti-credit cards. We have a credit card, but I think there are people who are going to overspend with credit cards. And I remember someone DM me and said, like, that is so aggressive. I can't believe that you would say that and just tell people they shouldn't have them. But I think that that's how you have to go about things that are tempting you until you know how to use them properly and then you can use them. But I later learned that this was like an anonymous account that went to pick out every single thing that I posted. And I was like, okay, I think they just actually don't like me. I don't think that they're bothered by this. But I really do think, and for me, there was a time, I talked about this in another podcast, but I was watching a show that I felt convicted I probably shouldn't be watching. I didn't think it was the best thing for me to be spending time on. I didn't think it was very edifying to God. So I got rid of my streaming account. Like I deleted the account, didn't pay for it anymore. There were other shows I liked to watch that I didn't think were bad, but I got rid of it. It's another reason why I spend a day off social media week. I think that eliminating the thing that might be tempting you to spend too much time on, to idolize too much, get rid of it one day a week, get rid of it. Idolizing a relationship too much, like maybe you have to cut out the relationship. I really do think that you have to cut things out of your life to actually learn to focus on what matters. And that might seem aggressive, but I want to end with Hebrews 12. I really like this. This is just the beginning. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And even just in that verse, it talks about running with endurance. And I just think of running away from the temptations, the things that you idolize. Another side note, I don't know if I've talked about this in a podcast, but I was watching the Chosen series, which kind of shows the life of Jesus through the lens of the people that he met. If you have not watched the series, it's phenomenal. They just came out with season two. I'm finishing up season one now. I love it. It is so great. I think, A, if you're already a Christian, it really does make the Bible more personal. It makes it more tangible. It's so cool to see how real and human Jesus was. And two, if you're not a Christian, I think it's a great way to kind of show you the life of Jesus and who he is, what he's about. But it's made me want to dive into my Bible more because it makes me realize, A, I miss all these things in different Bible stories I learned growing up. And two, it just makes me want to reread them. I'd highly recommend watching it. It's free to stream online. I'll have it in the show notes if you guys want to watch. But you probably already heard of it, but I love it. (laughs) 
that is everything that I have to say for this episode. I hope that it was helpful if you have things in your life that you're dealing with that you feel like you're idolizing. This episode was not meant to like make you feel bad at all. It was more to be vulnerable and share things I struggle with, be honest with you guys, but give you hope that there's hope to overcome things that you feel like are just overtaking you and that are overtaking your attention and just really focusing on what matters. So I hope you felt that. If you enjoyed it, Feel free to leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts, give it whatever stars you think it deserves, or just subscribe to the podcast if you want to listen to my next one. I post every single Monday. Um, I'm not perfect. This episode was supposed to (laughs) explain that I'm not perfect, but there's hope for everyone. And so I hope you guys enjoy. I'll catch you guys in my next episode. Bye, friends.